I was listening on the way here mm. in the car to my new favourite podcast. Ooh. It's Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. <gasps> I wanted to listen, but I wondered if it was going to be too earnest. No, I'm only up to the first episode where they're talking about their friendship and Bruce is talking about his childhood in Freehold, which is really quite fascinating. But it made me think out of the two of us. <laughs> you haven't even who's, said it yet and you're laughing. Who's Bruce and who's, who's Barack? Who's Bruce and who's Barack? <laughs> well, I haven't listened to it, so tell me who's who. <laughs> Well, at first I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely Barack. But actually, now that I'm listening to it, I'm Bruce and you're Barack. Mm. Well, they're both equally cool. They are. It's fascinating listening to it because Bruce sounds about 100. Wow. He's got this really raspy kind of voice, which I hadn't expected. But it's really... It's just really lovely. And there's, you know, a bit of music here and there. Ooh, and... We're, not that, we're not that technical yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to the point where I can edit a little bit, which is exciting, that which is has led exciting. to a discussion today about what we each do badly in podcast world, which we're not going to do anymore. I didn't even realise that I did anything badly. Yeah, well, I talk, I have multi-pronged, several minute long questions. That's going to end. And apparently I go, mmm, mmm, mmm. <laughs> Things that make you go, mmm. Let me do a whole episode on that. So can I ask why um, you're Bruce and I'm Barack? What are the qualities or the, or the hallmarks? Because I think you actually ask really good questions. And I know that you've just said you think that they go on too long. But I think they're very, I think they're very thoughtful and I think Barack is like that as well and I think maybe I'm a bit more Bruce because I'm just more rock and roll (laughs) (laughs) well yes but this was before I had these shoes (laughs) we're not going to mention what you call them we're not going to mention the shoes (laughs) and the socks so what we are going to talk about though today is and it's it's when we're going to have an interesting segue in the middle of this it's white man world the yeah. world that we all find ourselves living in day yeah. to day. And we don't need an expert for this because any woman in Australia or indeed the entire yeah. Western world will be able to empathise with this discussion. But then we're going to segue. Maybe we start with the good. Let's talk about a white man doing really good things. Yeah, let's talk about that. So um, I think most people living in Victoria would know about um, Sam and Connie from Love Your Sister. And what an amazing thing that he has done. Now, I actually knew him back in the day when he was on, um, what was that show called? The Secret, Secret Life, Life of, of Us. Us. Yeah. And he has changed considerably since those times. Um and there's a man that has completely turned his life around and decided that he's actually going to do something about vanquishing cancer, rode a unicycle around Australia and has just, with his empathy and kindness, just has supported so many people that are living in that space and living with that disease at the moment.
Not only is Samuel Johnson headed to the peninsula this weekend to hang out at Plover this Sunday morning, May 2nd, between 10 and 11.30am to sign books, hang out, but he also set some time aside to talk with us about just who juggling Johnson is, Connie, and what a fantastic lasting legacy for Connie might be. I'm a bit of a podcast newbie. We've only just started doing this, Jane and I. So. Um, yes, yeah, so am I. I've, I've just started my own and, Ooh, it's, um, and, and it's really tricky. It really is. And it's a bit scary, especially to be having a conversation like this, which I consider to be quite important and not oh. really knowing the technology. Well, um, well, we seem to be okay now. I think we're there. I think we're all there. All right, great. So first of all, thank you so much for coming down to the peninsula this weekend. We're so excited. The people are so excited to see you on Friday night, which is at Common Folk Coffee, but I believe it's sold out. And then again on Sunday morning outside Plover Wellbeing from 10 till 11.30, there will be a crowd. Yeah, thanks, Cal. Um, really looking forward to coming back to my old stomping ground. I'm a Mornington High School boy. Well, I actually had no idea you're from Mornington originally. Um, yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a gypsy kid. I, I went to 10 schools, but I spent year eight and year nine in uh, Mornington High. Hmm, fond memories? Yeah, really fond memories. Actually, I um, I, 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 I'll, ne- <laughs> I'll never going? forget. I'll never forget. They um, they had a variety concert, and it was very imaginatively called the uh, Mornington High School Variety Concert, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, and um, and I got allocated three minutes to do some juggling and some unicycling. I was in year, I was in year year nine. I I just auditioned for Red Faces and on Hey Hey. Saturday, and they told me to work on my stick and come back in a year or two. So I thought I'd hone, so I thought I'd hone, I, I thought I'd hone my craft at the Mornington High School Variety Concert, and um and I um I I I had so much fun up there that I lost track of time, and I was only allocated three minutes. And um and the teacher that was running the show was desperately trying to get me off stage from the wings, and I I didn't I didn't see him, and and so I finished. <laughs> I, fi- I finished my act, which what I th- which was what I thought was thunderous applause, and um and 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 got off stage feeling quite triumphant, and and the teacher just tore me a new one and told me that I and told me and told me that I wasn't allowed to go on the next night because it was a two night thing, and I I was outraged, so I organised an impromptu boycott amongst the students uh, amongst the performance, and uh, they all told the teacher that they wouldn't go on tomorrow night unless. Unless I was reinstated, so I was reinstated. It gets what? worse. It gets way worse. Oh and and okay. then the, and then the next morning, uh, the, sorry, the next night, um, I, I went up. I was much more cognizant of my allotted time. I spent about <laughs> about about three minutes. I didn't want to piss him off too hard. And um, and it went well again. And in the aftermath, I, I was thinking to myself, how dare that? You know, because I was a cocky teenager. No, I, I was. About you, yeah, yeah. I was like, how dare, how dare, how dare that teacher try and thwart my stunning artistry, you know? And um, and and I thought, and 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 I started concocting a plan to try and get back at him. And I thought, I know, I know what I'm going to do. And so I wrote to the Mornington leader, right. <laughs> Pretending to pretending to be an old grandma, aged eighty one, <laughs> called called Gwen, you and. Still 
And I and I wrote it in really old school cursive that I modelled off my dad's handwriting. And I'd like I did I did like ten copies of the letter before I decided I'd co- I'd come up with something that looked like it was written by an eighty one year old. And 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 um and I wrote a review of the show. I said that Gwen, um, you know, the, the Mornington High School variety show had restored Gwen's faith in the younger generations, and 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 how there was a and and how there was a high general standard on display, but in particular the brilliant young Samuel Johnson, with his, with, um, you know, with his, who was very skill, very skillful and hilarious to boot. I think I might have even called myself Chaplin esque, and. Um, and, and so, and so, I was the local paper boy. So I, I was the first to see the paper when it arrived the next week, and I was desperate to see whether my letter had been published. And um, and and I opened up the paper, and it was the centerpiece. It was the letter of the week. It was in bold, <laughs> and and the headline, and the headline was Juggler Johnson inspirational. I didn't, I didn't write that, but but I was very happy with it. And, and 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 this was back in the day when we pre phones and pre social media. The local rag was, oh, it, was um, it was our major source of in, of information. Everything. So when I so, so when I rocked up at school the next day, Cal, um, I was I was a star. Everybody had read the review, and and everybody everybody came and congratulated me. And I went up to the teacher and I said, "Oh, have you seen the paper?" <laughs> and, um, and 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 he scowled at me. So I assumed he. Had had and um and and but the, the mistake I made was I admitted to some school friends that um that I had authored the letter and oh. and 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 any credibility that I'd gained was soon lost and they found me to be thoroughly up myself and Gwen <laughs> and, and Gwen and Gwen aged 81 died the day she was born but so we can expect on Sunday when you're here signing books to have some sort of picket from the Mornington High School staff defending their <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I was at that age. I'm not sure any of my teachers would rock up, but maybe I would. But I have run into quite a few of my previous teachers at fundraisers, and um, and um, they say I wasn't as bad as I think I was. So, um, you know how you you kind of you know how as you get older, you're like, oh, I had no friends, and I and I yeah. and. You know, and everyone thinks they had no friends at school and everyone thinks that they were an absolute rat bag, but they were really just being a kid. But tell me about Plover because I don't like to walk in. I, I like to walk in with as much um, awareness and knowledge as yeah. possible. What's, what am I walking into? Well, you're an absolute viper's den. No, not really. Um, we... <laughs> I love you already, Cal. <laughs> no, it's a... Um... We are. It's, a, it's homewares, right? Space. Yes, retail. Not really. We actually no? don't really do many homewares. Oh We're shit! Okay, homewares. my information's bad. I should have probably just it's listened. We look Go like on. a homewares store. That's okay. We have all of the. Um, in well, we draw women with that sort of appeal, but what we actually are is a retail store that sells well-being stuff. So all oh, that no stuff. Way. Yeah. So supplements and. We do do a bit of um, we do do a bit of homeware stuff. We do fashion. It's actually a complete mecca for women. Not Mecca, the beauty store, sort of more. Oh, like um, well, um, our lovely sister village comprises at oh, least on so, like- at, at least on social media of, of about eight hundred thousand Australians. We're about thirty eight percent Victorian, and out of the and out of the eight hundred thousand Australians that I represent, we are eighty six percent women and mums. 
Well, this is where our conversation is going, but I, you haven't let me finish what the story is. Keep I going. I barely even scratched the surface. Keep I'm going. sitting right now in the yoga Pilates room. We also have a cafe that's... In what position? I'm sitting with <laughs> <laughs> Sam. Don't, don't tell me even, you're doing this thing in the downward dog. We haven't even met yet, Sam. <laughs> Keep it nice. Um, no, I'm, re- I'm reclining on some bolsters. Yes. I can say that. Um, we have a cafe that sells healthy food with vegan yes. options and amazing Thai and incredible coffee. And Sweet. And we also have um, three treatment rooms out the back, consult rooms, where we do everything from naturopathy to psychology to beauty to massage. So it's basically where women can come and get everything done. Or at this time of year, it's where we see a lot of men and children being sent who have been told by their wives, just go there and buy anything. That's uh, like, like something for Mother's Day, right? Yeah, correct. That's yeah, right. About. So am I, am I, I'm allowed in, right? Oh, 100%. We have lots of men. In fact, we have quite a few men who come in almost every day to sit yeah. at the tables and work at their computers and are desperate for me to do a co-working space, but we don't have the space yet. So <laughs> could you ever have imagined 10 years ago that this is what you'd be doing today? Absolutely not. It couldn't be furthest from my plans, and life is um, uh, life never never turns out the way you planned, and um, and I'm and I'm no exception. My, I I marvel and am confused constantly um, uh, by by the enormity of what's happened, by the um, and 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 by the connection, by the by the strength of the connections that I've made with so many Australians. It's um it's happened face to face, and it's. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a veteran of uh, – I've visited over 1,200 towns since my sister was diagnosed with cancer, and wow. um, and I never thought that I'd be spending all of my time uh, repping women and mums in this way. Um, it's um, – I, 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 I thought I'd be a marine biologist or, or, or a policeman at first – uh, and then I thought I might be an actor or a writer, yeah. and um, and 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 you know I'm none of those things. I'm a full-time cancer advocate, and um, and and yeah, and 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 I represent the scientific community because we're we're pro-science, and and of course I'm trying to raise money for our wonderful researchers and um, scientists in Australia. So I've become kind of like a science and cancer advocate, which of course is not my specialty, um, but well, I think um, so. I think so that's a now you've been doing it long enough that I think. You've well, I'm, yeah, I'm into my tenth. I'm into my tenth year now, Cal. So, wow. and I've spoken, and I've spoken to a lot of smart people. So I've got a lot. Of, so I've got a lot of solid stuff that I can. Um, yeah. That I can pass on. Yeah, and uh, can you imagine doing anything else now? Like this isn't where you thought your life would go. But no, it's, it's not. Here. It's not a choice. It's not a choice. It's mm-hmm. um. It's it's. They say in the not-for-profit game, the cause chooses you. Yeah. And I reckon, I reckon if my sister didn't get sick, I'd be in your space working on wellness, yeah. um, because my background um, is um, kind of, you know, I suppose what affected me most in life was mental health stuff, um, and what affected my sister most was cancer stuff, mm-hmm. and um, and and when when Connie, my sister Connie, um, asked me to um, ha- help her do something about this cancer nonsense, I'll, I'll be honest, I did push back initially because I wanted to fight it privately, um, and I. I didn't yep. think she understood the perils of public life, but she was totally right when she said, "Sam, this is much bigger than us." Um, yeah. And um, and so I um, I intend on doing this until I can't, or until cancer is cured. Yeah, 
Oh yes, oh yes. Trust me, this is not my doing. Uh, I am. I'm. I'm proud to be chief custodian of her legacy, yeah. but I did not build. I did not build her legacy. She did, um, and I'm responsible for it now. She's gone. For any uh, for any listener, uh, she, uh, my sister was diagnosed about eight years ago and passed away three and a half years ago, um, and um, it's now my job to make sure that her legacy is upheld. And by upheld, I mean not just hanging around and you know, raising a few million. I mean, trying to get to that Fred Hollows level where the where the good work continues to be done long after you're gone. Uh, Fred yeah. Hollows is an inspiration for me when it comes to my sister's legacy because he's long dead, but he's still his organisation is still curing the side of millions. He has cured the side of I think it's six million people since he started, and he died a long time ago. So, so he so he's my inspiration. I, I, I want to set. I want to use the rest of my days making sure. Um, that I reaffirm my promise to Connie to make sure that her legacy grows. And that legacy, will you consider that that legacy is really set if there are some milestones? You know how Fred Hollows has actually solved a problem? You know, the problem that he yes, set out to yes, solve. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I'll consider that her legacy to be set once I've guaranteed personalised treatment for all cancer patients, regardless of their, ca- of their cancer, their location, income, status or wealth. And can you explain personalised cancer treatments to those of us? Yes, yes, I can. I can. Bear with me. I'll do it as succinctly as possible. We have currently we have a trial and error method. We put our patients on the drug most likely to succeed, and then if that doesn't work, and it takes three months of administering that drug to find out whether it's having any demonstrable uh, effect on the size of the tumour. If that doesn't work, we call it officially a false line of treatment, and we move on to the next medication most likely to succeed. My sister went through four lines of medication and it was a year before we found the right drug and we didn't need to do it that way. It's wasteful. There's a new, better way. We uh, use genomic technology. It's called personalised treatment. And rather than just bunging our patients on the drug that's predicted to work, we take a tissue sample from the cancer, walk it into the laboratory, test it genetically to find out which drug uh, is going to work best on that individual cancer because every cancer cancer is different and then we put our patients on the right drug first time every time we are we are we are using a very archaic and wasteful method with this trial current trial and error method and we need to be offered uh, a more precise individualized personalized treatment as is offered in many other countries now it's it not only helps out put our patients on the right drug first time every time but it also is cheaper in the Netherlands when they trial personalized treatment they say $91 million in medicines wow. that did not need to be administered. So we feel like my our family feels like uh, Connie's death was uh, needless because yes. that technology because that technology existed when she was diagnosed and she wasn't offered it. You will be offered it if you've got a really good private health insurance plan or, or if the oncologist is brave enough to mention it to you um, and often they're not because of the price, you can pay and it costs about $5,000. So it's my job to accelerate our program towards personalised medicine for all and once we all have it guaranteed uh, and I'm I'm in the business of trying to create the public will um, and to make that happen, I'll consider Connie's legacy set in stone. Yeah, but why, Sam? Why, why don't we have it? I mean, that's well, I'd ask. Question. Well, well, well. This is a question I agonise over. Um, who is producing the medicines and has margins to protect? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm going against some powerful vested interests and I will lose if I don't have the whole country behind me. So when I get, so I need, I mean, I went and asked the scientists after Connie died, what do you need? Tell me what you need. Pretend money's no problem. They said, we need every Australian to understand what personalised treatment is. No one's listening. We can't get our story across. And they begged me to tell everyone I meet about it because we can't agitate for it or indeed demand it if we don't even know what it is. That's why I'm going to every town and talking to every person I can get my hands on, yeah. because I can't go to Canberra until I've until I've got the cut the country agitating their uh, their MPs on my behalf just before yeah. I speak to the health minister. It's probably worth knowing, Cal, that this is the way we're going to be treating every disease into the future, whether it's MS or dementia or whatever you, whatever the disease may be. The case is closed on it scientifically. Yeah. There's no debate. It's proven. Yeah. It's yeah. cheaper. It's more effective. It, yeah. it saves lives it saves millions of dollars um you know uh, i'd say billions um we're doing all the costings at the moment obviously but i've got a very very capable um cohort of people that are behind this movement and my job is very specific my job is simply to tell the country about it so that when we rock up uh in canberra um everybody knows about it and is pissed off about it it's 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 a it's a medium term play i can't get to i mean they're not going to listen to me on social media or on 60 Minutes. It's not going to be enough. I need to reach people face-to-face, and that's why I'm coming to Plover. So for me, it's a very real issue. I don't have to find the passion for it. I'm, I'm, I'm constant. Like it's just always there. I haven't, I haven't been tired out by doing 11, 1200 towns. It only kind of, it only inspires me to kind of work harder. And I think I'm the perfect person for it. You know how Magda was really important with the Yes campaign. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 look, Andrew Denton's been incredibly important. Um, not many people know about it because he's very humble and quiet about it. But he's been incredibly important in getting the assisted dying legislation passed in Victoria. Um, And so I've got mentors like that helping me with my campaign, as well as all of the people that understand the mechanics of parliament. I work work closely with Natasha Stott-Despoir and her husband, who's the lobbyist that um, helped introduce the Medical Research Future Fund with my sister under Tony Abbott, and that's a new uh, $20 billion medical research future fund. So I've got all the right people. I'm I'm playing my role, and and, um, and I just need to get better and better and better at it, yeah. so that so that in about twelve months, when when we do the massive public kind of PR assault, and we do the very public visit to Canberra, um, so that um, we walk out um, with more than just goodwill. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So speaking closer to home, you've talked about yeah. the 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 headline mentors you have, but what about the people on your team? Like, how many staff are in? Love your sister. Okay, now. okay. So love your sister uh, passes on 100% of every donation to research only. We insist on research only guarantees from our institutes uh, with full reporting and the right to audit. Now, given that we pass on every dollar, unlike other charities who who, who will tell you things like 100% of profits or 100% of proceeds, we yeah. pass on 100% of donations. That means I have to op- I have to find a separate way to fund our operationals. Full yeah. transparent full transparency. I've got about uh, one, two, three, four, five full timers. Yep. 
uh, a couple of part timers, and I need eight hundred thousand dollars a year to operate. Yeah. I do that. I do that separately to all donations. Um, so we are still a small team. Uh, we'll never be an ivory towered mob. Um, <laughs> we, we we work out of a you know we work out of a cheap rental in Mill Park in the outskirts of Melbourne. We stand opposite the charities that make thirty five million a year and spend twenty a year on themselves. Yeah. It's all too it's all too common. I don't even want to. I, I don't want to start mentioning names but i can urge i can only urge people to have a look at their annual reports it's it's disgusting so what percentage of your staff are women your staff and volunteers Uh, i have one other man i have one other man it's all women (laughs) um um, yeah an organization sam because i'm going to presume with the well it means it means it means it means success now i now at the risk of being um sexist um um our village is comprised of 86 percent women and mums and uh we've raised 13.4 million dollars to date so you can assume that 86 percent of that 34 uh that that, of that 13.4 million dollars has been raised by women and mums in communities like yours it's women like you cal doing your thing at Plover for us that have raised this money. Uh, when it came to who um, who better who best to um, to cope with a fast growing charity, uh, I lent on the people best equipped for the job, and I hired people on merit, and um, and um, and it was never an objective of mine to hire women, um, and um, but it, it's just the way it's panned out. Here's another example. When I published my book of letters uh, called Dear Dad, I struggled to get contributors and I published, uh, there were a lot of people that had issues with their dads and didn't want to write about it and I published 60 letters in that book. When I um, used COVID to curate the book Dear Mum, which is a collection of letters to mums, I had 91 responses. Out now, Um, by the way, and that's what Sam will be here signing on Sunday. um, Yeah, if if we've got enough left, it's um, it's number four. On, uh, it's number four online, and it's number it's seven in uh, in the top wow. ten in nonfiction. Um, and um, everyone's hustling and reprinting at the moment. It couldn't have gone better. But there's two examples that I'll kind of uh, that, that I hope demonstrate to you just how important women are to us. Just because there's a bloke up the front, you know, with a megaphone yelling as loud as he can, um, doesn't mean a thing. I'm doing it on Connie's behalf, and if Connie were here, it would be her doing it. I mean, our organisation is all women, you know, just because you're speaking to a fella doesn't mean that you're not talking to a a highly successful organisation that's been driven um, solely, I say solely, but I mean really so so largely by women. Our director is female and and I got her to come in and save us because we were growing too quickly and I couldn't cope and I didn't (laughs) have the skills. So so I think it's important that we have women-centric enterprises and um and you know blokes can have their golf clubs and their titty bars and whatever it is they do. <laughs> what does it mean for the organisation that there are so many women involved? Like, what kind of an environment does it? It means I've got a problem and I need more from men. Um, <laughs> so so I I don't think it's fair that 
that, that, that women who are already kind of affected by cancer are doing all this work for us. Um, and I want to see more men come on board and they are coming on board. Yeah. Cancer is not a, it's not a gender issue. It's, it really isn't. It's not a, it's not a type of cancer issue. Forget about all your colored ribbons. We have a non-specific approach to research now with the genome decoded. Um, and it's got nothing to do with men or women, you know, so I, you know, look, men do a lot of, uh, a lot of great work in, in, men-centric areas like men's sheds and rotaries and stuff like that um but um but there needs to be more crossover and um, i'm glad i'm really glad that this mother's day campaign we've seen a significant increase in engagement from men and it's because we're dealing with mums and they want to show their mums that their mums count so yeah, it's a bit um, of a gateway so, drug in terms of events for you guys yeah look i mean we always you know it's 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 you know I, i'm always thrilled to be in a room f- uh full of women but it always saddens me as well so I'm constantly trying to work out ways that I can hook men, which is why I published Dear Dad before Dear Mum, even though Dear Mum was absolutely speaking to our our village more. Um, you know, I was trying. You know, I, I come up with various ways, and um, and and the men that we do have, I've got to say, Cal, they're good men, and uh, and they understand the importance of women, and yeah. that's the condition, and that is the condition of entry. Yeah, absolutely. So what's next for Love Your Sister? Like what are your goals and what activities are you going to be doing behind them to to reach Um, those goals? I want to go from raising a million or two million a year to raising a million a month, and I want to do that. Um, I want to do that within eighteen months. I'm always trying to let my reach exceed my grasp. When I when I when I first uh, pledged to raise a million dollars, it was ten times what I thought I could raise. When when I then pledged to raise ten million dollars, it was it was ten times more than I thought I could raise. Yeah. Um, you know, this million a month thing seems impossible, but um, but but let my reach exceed my grasp and find a way and get it done because we've still got we've still got family members falling all around us. Well, let me tell you, everybody that I've we've spoken to in the shop about you coming on Sunday, people are so excited and so engaged and so you know, I just think it'll snowball from here. You know, I'm so glad that I'm coming to Plava because I need, I, you know what I need? I need access to the heart of a community. Mm-hmm. If I can get the access to the heart of the community, then I can tell you about the issue and then and then we can work on it more broadly coming into the future. Mm-hmm. Once my campaign starts to unroll later on and we start hitting Canberra, we can start showing our strength because we've met at Plava. Because yeah. we've had we've had somewhere to collectivise, so, you know. So I'm kind of I'm asking anyone who does come to work on my behalf in the region. Yeah, uh, when it when you know when it comes to uh, reminding you, your friends to check themselves, when yeah. it comes to understanding what personalised treatment is, and when it comes to helping make a big loud noise when I need it just before I hit Canberra. One thing that we definitely are about here is connection. That's the magic source. That That's my magic word. Business. So That's my, that my our whole ethos is based on connection. There you go. And there's not that many places, even though they purport to be about people in connection. I, I, bet, I, bet, I, I bet you our mission statements or even um, or even our um, thingies, what do they call them, in the, um, <laughs> our, our constitutions, yes. um, um, I bet you they're the same. Now, I would say that I didn't start out in that place, but the shop created its own magic because of the staff we have and the environment we've created and the way that our staff interact with the people here has just revealed to me very quickly like I've definitely known it for a couple of years that connection is the magic source especially 
in this world that we're in these days, which is so transactional. You know, you're online um, and you're buying things yeah. through a computer and it's all very soulless. Um, we have extrinsic psychological needs for food and warmth and shelter and such, but we have intrinsic psychological needs. There's about seven or eight of them, depending on which expert you ask. But one of the most important intrinsic psychological need for all of us is a, 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 a need to feel like we're being heard, yeah. to feel like we have autonomy or power over the decisions in our life and to feel like we have meaningful connections with one another. This is the, this is why we have problems with our wellness because we're not establishing those connections and we're not being heard and we don't have enough control over our lives. And that's why it's important that you do your work and I do my work and that we try and keep bringing people together. hate to sound all hippie, but there is actually a psychological basis for oh, it all. I agree 100%. We encourage people to come in here and do what they do, which is just let it all out. Like, um, yeah. Also therapy. I mean, I've had a shitload of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really helpful if, if, if you don't have someone to talk to because sometimes it's hard to just, you know, you know, click your fingers and have someone you trust. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. I don't. I, sometimes I don't know who to talk to because I don't know who to trust. Yeah. And um, and so so I think there's no shame in talking to a professional. And 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 you can get ten free sessions from the government to um to start you off as well. So it doesn't Absolutely. have to cost, it doesn't have to cost you anything as well. Absolutely. And of course of course people can come to Plover Plover no yes. doubt to get some psychological assistance. And, I, and I'd encourage them to do so because we. Can can't do it on our own. No, we cannot. Our psychologist here is amazing. And yes, we fully believe in that. Our first step towards the psychologist is often just opening up to the girls on the shop floor, which happens all the time. And I I just think anybody who's talking about bricks and mortar being dead is not understanding what a magical space you can have that just happens to be a shop. Uh, bricks and mortar, bricks and mortar is more important than ever, and the pe- and the people that are going to thrive through all of this uncertainty and rapid change are the ones that know that. Yeah. Well, Sam, I am so grateful to you for your time, and I can't wait to meet you on Sunday. Um, yeah, yeah, I really look forward to it. I feel like we know each other pretty well already. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'll see you on Sunday. And thank All my you, love. Thank you. That was like four times as much time as I wanted to take out of your day because I know you. Oh, no, thanks, thanks for letting me gas bag on about it, and love I really it. look forward to meeting you. It was really one of the rare times where the other person spoke more than me, so you should feel. <laughs> <laughs> so my connection with them is that. Uh, I have lost my mother to breast cancer and my sister to breast cancer and my dad to bowel cancer. My brother has somehow managed to survive synovial sarcoma, which is really rare and aggressive, but has managed to beat it. Um, When my sister was in palliative care towards the end of her life, I said to her, somehow, I don't know how this happened, but I got nominated to talk to her about her funeral and what would she like from us and she was very matter of fact she was like okay well um I want champagne and make sure that Kevin doesn't run out because they had a party where they ran out of champagne (laughs) and she was outraged make sure there's enough there um I don't want anyone to wear black and she said I want these songs and I don't want any flowers. I want people to donate to Love Your Sister. Because wow. she was quite taken with Sam. She loved Connie, but she was taken with Sam. Yeah. She caught the train into the city when she was, by this stage, she had tumours all up and down her spine. 
they would wear everywhere. She caught the train in to see him come back from his unicycle adventure. Um, so anyway, I ended up emailing them going, this is what my sister would like. Do you have some envelopes or something that we could use? And they emailed back going, we've never had a request like this. Wow. Really amazing. Um, we'll get back to you. And then about two days later, my phone rang and Emma, who was Sam's assistant at the time, said, I knew he would do this. He wants to come and visit her. Aww. Yeah. I had to pull the car over by the side your of the eyes road. I'm about to now. have a little cry because it was a very, at a very difficult time. Um, it was still a few weeks before she passed away, but it was very difficult. Anyway, so he he came. Both of our glasses are fogged. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly and Jane's matching glasses yeah. both get taken off their faces yeah. at the same time. So he came in to see her and she was very unwell that day. And it was just, it was almost like the medicine that we needed. And he spent an hour and a half with us. All the nursing staff came in. He hugged everybody, talked to everyone. He sat there and held her hand, had photos with us, made us laugh. Her dog, Buzzy, was there. Buzzy tried to hump him. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was really, it was just really beautiful. And he said to me, before we went in to see her, he said to me, I really struggle. If you know any of his history, he's like, I really struggle with hospitals. He goes, I barely ever even go and see Connie. He said, I just had to go to the pub and have a couple of whiskeys. <laughs> I was like, that's all right. I'm said, with you, Sam. Yeah. I love a whiskey. Yeah. I said, that's okay, buddy. We'll just come on in. We'll be fine. So... Yeah, it was really amazing. And then through that, we have been raising money as a family for them um, for the last couple of years. I think we're up to maybe about $8,000. Wow, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that's just from her group of friends. Um, and then because of that, now with my involvement with Intimo, bravo with Jane, follow me. <laughs> little plug, little plug. Yeah, yeah. I'm now a corporate sponsor. We're now having a big event on the 30th of April at Common Folk. Um, That's in Mornington, folks. In Mornington. Sam will be there. I will be there. I may or may not be in my underwear. You'll have to come along <laughs> and see. The big reveal, literally. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be there, not in my underwear. Yes. Not that that's any draw card. Some of your staff will be there in, in their, their underwear. underwear. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and then, of course, he's going to be coming here on the Sunday. So yes. that's the 2nd of May. Correct. Signing books and... Oh, the book is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Dear Mum. And um, there's celebrities from all over that have written a letter to their mum. And so he'll be here doing that. I'll be here in the yoga room with Maz doing bra fittings. And, of course, 10% of our sales go to Love Your Sister that day. So it's quite the event. Quite the day. And it's something that we hope to do ongoing. Yeah. Um, Where does Love Your Sister's money go to? So any fundraising money goes to Garvin Institute, 
who do the majority of cancer research in Australia. It also goes to um, people who are unable to afford the testing for personalised medicine. I'm a corporate sponsor, so my money goes to the running of the business, the running of the charity, but any money that I fundraise or any money they fundraise goes directly to helping people and to Garvin. Wow. Amazing. It just seems crazy that if that's the saving, we don't incorporate the testing as part of the regime. I know. But like anything... It takes its time. It takes its time. There are some oncologists in Australia that are practising this already. I know a woman in my intimate group who has been getting personalised medicine for her cancer, but there are still a lot of oncologists that don't even know or are maybe too scared to try it, to step out of their yeah. comfort zone, um, but it is slowly starting to be offered more and more. Wow. Yeah. So fantastic. Yeah. And so did you fulfil all your sister's wishes at her funeral? We did. Did we she did. keep um, Harry and William apart in the procession? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I snorted. <laughs> She's snorting because we have a long-running debate about the monarchy and Harry and William and Meghan in particular. <laughs> Which is actually uh, playing out in the media, so we don't need to we, do yeah, it here because I think the media is covering all the ground that you and I always cover. Exactly, now. exactly. And I think we've just agreed to disagree we on have. that point. Do we still disagree? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come along to the event. It's going to be really lovely. And I just think after the year that we've had mm -hmm. and the fact that we can all get together now... I think it's a really lovely way. For me, it'll be my big, my sort of first big social engagement and I can't wait. Here oh, at Plover, God. Sunday the 2nd. Yeah. What time is it again? I think it's 10. I think it's 10 till 10 o'clock. You can come and meet Sam. Yeah. Have your book signed. Yeah. See what real adrenaline looks like. Oh my God, wait until you hear him. He's amazing. I know we were going to talk about white, white man, man world, world but yeah. I think we've moved past it. Yeah, I think we have too. And also I don't want to on the back of something so wonderful as Sam and love your sister and, and what they're achieving. Like we can yeah. just talk about nice things occasionally. Yeah. We can have a nice, casual, not, you know, not over the top chat. Just relax. <laughs> that works. Thanks, Barack. Bye, Bruce. <laughs>